Today's episode is brought to you in part by Logos. Logos combines digital books with intelligent software to help you study the Bible deeply. Do word studies with one click, search for virtually anything in your Bible, and enjoy dozens of features that help you see more in Scripture. Right now, you can find my book, Virtuous Persuasion, A Theology of Christian Mission, as well as get a listener discount on Logos by visiting logos.com slash mniebauer. That's logos.com slash mniebauer. Who gets to heaven and who gets to hell? And who gets to decide? What does an eternity with God look like? And how does our eternal life not get old or boring? Welcome to This We Believe, the podcast where we explain the essential texts of the Christian faith. My name is Dr. Michael Niebauer. Last time we discussed the church and ended with a discussion of the mission of the church, which is to continue to share the good news of Jesus' resurrection and to start new churches until Jesus returns. And so now we can turn to the final statements of the Apostles' Creed, which talk about the last things, Jesus' return, the resurrection of our bodies, and the life everlasting. We'll start with the statement earlier in the Creed that states that Jesus will come again to judge the living and the dead. This is often referred to as the second coming. Jesus will come to finish and finalize his victory over sin and death. One of the ways to think of this is that his death and resurrection were the decisive victory over sin. You can think here of the difference between decisive battles and final victories in warfare. For instance, Gettysburg was the decisive battle of the Civil War. Historians believe that after the South lost Gettysburg, they had no chance of winning. But of course, the war continued until the final victory at Appomattox. Similarly, Jesus wins the decisive battle over sin and death through his cross and resurrection, and his, his return will finalize the victory over sin. This final victory will come with Jesus bringing a final judgment of sin and a final judgment on humanity. Now, if this word judgment sounds harsh to us, we have to remember that judgment and justice go hand in hand. In order for there to be justice, there needs to be a recognition of what is good and what is evil. A judge enacts justice by declaring someone guilty or not guilty and pronouncing a sentence. That judgment makes things clear. It separates good from bad, and in so doing sets things right. Now this example of a judge brings up a challenge. We all want justice to be done but we often find that judges fail in their ability to make good and just decisions. We value good judgments, but we know that human judgments always seem to fall short. You know, if you look at the news, you will find stories of people getting, on the one hand, too light of a prison sentence for a horrible crime, and on the other hand, you'll find people getting too harsh a sentence for a relatively light crime. We can't seem to ever get the scales right perfect justice seems to elude us. However, since Jesus is God, he is the only one who can bring about perfect justice. It says in scripture that justice and mercy fit perfectly together in Jesus. So when Jesus comes again to judge the living and the dead, 
we can have confidence that his judgment is going to be perfectly just, but also perfectly merciful. Judgment brings about clarity in finality, and the final judgment will bring to the surface a clear distinction between those who will be united to God for eternity and those who will be separated from God for eternity. Now this brings up a very difficult question. Who is in and who is out? Who goes to heaven? Who goes to hell? It's important when asking this question that we stick to what we read in scripture, which gives us some insight, but doesn't really give us an exact list. Here's what we do know. For those who profess belief in Jesus as Lord and God, they will be resurrected and spend eternity with God. This is one of the reasons why the Apostles' Creed ends with a profession of belief in the forgiveness of sins and the life everlasting. In a sense, to believe in God as expressed in the Creed is to have confidence in one's destination when they die. Those who put their trust in Jesus can have confidence that their sins are and will be forgiven. We can say that they have an assurance of their salvation. They don't have to worry about a capricious God suddenly changing his mind. And so they do not have to fear a final judgment. Now, for those who reject Jesus, they will spend an eternity separated from God. There are a lot of depictions of what hell looks like. Many of our pictures of hell come more from Dante's Inferno than the Bible. But one thing that we do know about hell is that it is an eternal separation from God. While this might sound harsh, it fits with this notion of justice. God, in a sense, gives people what they want. If someone does not want to be with God, then God will honor this desire. God will not force people to love him. And, and so those who don't want to be with God will in the end be without God. Now, what about those who don't seem to fit into either of these categories? Maybe there are people uh, who have never heard the good news of Jesus, or, or maybe they live in a country with few Christians and, and follow a different religion. For these people, we are simply not given a clear answer in the Bible. In essence, we don't know, and it's not up to us. Ultimately, God is the final judge of the human heart. None of us can get inside another person's mind. We can't see their hearts and their feelings. And even if we could, our sense of judgment and justice is flawed. We all have our own standards and our own lists by which we evaluate others. But these lists are flawed. I love certain people that are hated by other people. Who's to say my evaluation of others is the right one? What it comes down to is this. To believe in God's judgment is to relinquish our right to judge others. In so doing, we trust that God is going to bring about a better judgment, one that is perfectly just and perfectly merciful. So we take rest in knowing that, that God is a better judge than us. Now, what scripture does have to say regarding judgment is meant to be an assurance to Christians, but it's also supposed to challenge Christians to go and tell others about Jesus. The mission of the church is to tell others the good news of Jesus's resurrection and invite them into a relationship with the living God, which in turn will give them an assurance of eternal life with God.
final line of the Apostles' Creed asserts a belief in the life everlasting. What does eternity with God look like? First, it will consist of a new heaven and new earth. Heaven is not a place in the clouds, but rather the place where God's will is perfectly done, and it is this place that will merge with God's creation, so that earth will be a place free of sin, where God is glorified everywhere. We can think of eternity as earth, but but an earth free of sin and perfected even beyond our imaginations. If you recall when we spoke of Jesus' resurrection, that his body was both restored, but also was glorious and radiant. We can think of all of the earth being both healed of sin, but also reflecting God's glory. And this includes our own bodies. We will be resurrected from the dead and enjoy eternity in our bodies. We get to enjoy the good physical things of God's creation, eating food, listening to music, and embracing our friends. Furthermore, we will continue to grow forever in eternity. Our eternal life with God is not boring. Because we are not God, there is always more and more that we can learn about God. Eternity is like a a mathematical limit. We keep getting closer and closer to God forever. This should be really comforting for us because one of the things that we love about friendships is learning new things about another person. And we get to continue to learn more and more things and discover more and more things about God for eternity. Now, the culmination of our eternal life is described in the last chapter of the Bible, Revelation 22, where it says that we will see Jesus face to face. This is our ultimate goal and ultimate hope as Christians, to look Jesus in the eyes. Our love for another person culminates in our looking deep into their eyes. We are physically present with them and we gaze into their eyes and get that feeling that we are known and loved by them. Now, the best part of of eternity is that we get to look into the eyes of Jesus and in so doing have that kind of deep, intimate, special connection with the very God of the universe. We will see Jesus We will embrace Jesus, and we will spend an eternity continuing to know and love God more fully. Our only response to this incredible news can be to say that last word of the Apostles' Creed, Amen. Our time going through the Apostles' Creed will conclude next time with a discussion of the Trinity, which in effect sums up the message of the Creed. Before beginning season two of This We Believe, we'd like to hear from you. We will have special episodes coming up that answer listener questions. Do you have a a question that has arisen from these episodes? Or a question about God that has been bothering you for a while? Now is your chance to ask anything you want. You can send us your questions via email, thiswebelievepodcast at gmail.com, or our Facebook page at thiswebelievepodcast or through Twitter at we underscore believe underscore pod. All this information is also in the episode description. I'd like to thank you so much for joining us today. Take care and God bless. Mm-hmm.